0: Hey, what's up? This is Jason from Centerpoint Church in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We're so excited to spend some time with you today. We hope that this message inspires you and makes you continue living life on purpose and for a purpose. Let's jump right into the message. I wanna welcome everybody who's watching online. We have lots of people in our church who are out sick or concerned about different things, and we totally understand you are still a part of this church. We are praying for you. And I cannot wait for the day when you can return in person and life gets back to normal. And welcome everybody who's here in person. And uh, what I want to do is what we always do. Let's start off by giving the Lord a shout of praise in the house today. Come on. We are continuing this collection of talks called I Don't Know What I Believe. And uh, here's what it is. I was talking to our leadership team this morning here. And um, I am not a guy who... Preaches all the time that we're in the end times or that things are about to end or that the Lord's coming back. All of that may be true. But I'll tell you this in about the last week, we've, we've had a lot of things transpire here in our country. And, uh, and I, for the first time, am not concerned, but it's on my radar. And, and there's a few things as I, I, I spent a decade teaching history. And before that, I went to college for seven years learning about ancient history. And I see this pattern from the very beginning from the Babylonians to the Assyrians, to the Greeks, to the Romans. And here's what it is. The nation turns from God government grows powerful and power hungry. Collapse of it, collapse of the empire. And so I see that pattern happening and I am telling you now, and this is not a political rant, but this is for us to be sober and aware because the Bible does say that he'll come back like a thief in the night, but it doesn't say that believers won't know that. To the non-believers, it will be like a thief in the night. We should know the signs, and here's what I'm telling you. If media can control who has the power to say what they want to say or not, and the government takes control, this reminds me a lot of when I went on a missions trip in the early 2000s to China, and Christians had to go underground, There was persecution for your beliefs and the Bible's all dried up in a hurry. And so here's why I think this series is so important right now. Because we don't wanna wait until the persecution comes to try to get all of our theological beliefs in order. So now is the time that we need to study the Bible. Don't just take what you've heard from different people for granted. We need to now understand and really dive in because it's difficult to stand up in the face of real persecution if you don't know what you believe because you don't know if it's worth dying for. So we're gonna have some fun today. It's not gonna be like a funeral in here because I don't know if you've ever read the book of Revelation, but but God wins and his (laughs) eye is on his people. And I hear people say, I hope Jesus comes back any day. And while I do look forward to the day that Jesus comes back, I don't mind if it's a little bit longer because we've got some neighbors and some friends and some family members that don't know the Lord. And so I want it to not just happen just quite yet, but I am just telling you, this is the pre-show for the end times. I I, uh, told one of the ladies in our church, who's a nurse, uh, that these are what I consider Braxton Hicks? Some You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. But it's contractions from a a pregnant lady that let her know it's not time to give birth yet, but this is a small glimpse of what it's going to be like. I think that's what's happening in the world right now. I think this is the pre-show that is preparing us for what it's going to look like, and I think it will be here sooner than we think. And this is my first time actually believing that. So last week we talked about the Bible. If you weren't here or didn't get a chance to watch it, it's important that you do Because we have to understand why the Bible is the living word of God and how it was pieced together. Because again, we need to put our theology in place now. This week, we are going to be talking about angels. Now, angels are, are you ready? Drum roll, please. Adam, do that weird thing where, yeah. Oh, now listen, full disclosure for you note takers. You're going to love this because I have it mapped out so you can put it in your pretty little journal and know exactly how it's going to all piece together. Now, full disclosure, I said this last time, but it didn't stop some of the, uh, well, I probably shouldn't use the word persecution, but uh, the um, hazing, uh, there may be some things misspelled on this board. And, uh, and so save your criticism. Uh, Now you're looking like you're not even looking at my face right now. You're checking the board to see what's spelled wrong. Uh, Listen, I'm just a C student, so take it easy on me, all right? I want to talk about angels today because I think it's important for us to understand this. It's amazing how much of our knowledge of angels comes from pop culture. Like, it's amazing when I say angels, how many of you right now in your mind's eye picture a little fat baby flying over here on little wings with a harp and a halo. It's amazing how many people actually think that they have a bow and arrow, and if they shoot the bow and arrow and it hits just the right person, Cody, that you'll fall in love with whoever you look at next. Don't look to your left. It doesn't, like, it's amazing. Now, full disclosure, I learned everything about angels in 1994. Everything that I need to know, I learned about it from a couple guys Uh, Danny Glover, Tony Danza, and Christopher Lloyd. Those guys are who, who really put together my idea. And it's the subtitle of my message today, Angels in the Outfield. There was a movie in 1994 called Angels in the Outfield. And this is pretty much where I got all of my theology of what angels are for. Now, if there were angels in the outfield, they most certainly wouldn't help the Yankees or the Red Sox. They would probably help the San Francisco Giants which are God's team in Major League Baseball. Somebody just booed. Marshall, it's not the A's, let me tell you what. Uh, But angels are mentioned in the Bible, believe it or not, almost 300 times. And Christopher Lloyd isn't one of them. 17 books in the Old Testament mention it. 17 in the New Testament mention angels. And for those of you that were in your remedial math class, that equals 34 different books of the Bible mention angels. So let's talk about what they are. It comes from the word angolas, A-N-G-O-L-A-S, which simply means messenger. So here's what I want us to talk about. There's four different categories today. Facts about angels, the purpose of angels, the types of angels, and specific angels mentioned by name in scripture. Sometimes, for some of you, this may be the first time that you've heard this, but this is gonna be really important, why? Because it's amazing how much bad theology floats around about angels. I've seen people, and if this is you, it's okay, just don't do it from here on out, that when you lose the loved one, you say phrases or post phrases like, heaven gained an angel today. While I understand the heart behind it, it is theologically inaccurate. Humans don't transform into angels. Angels are created beings. Write that down. That's the first fact. They are created beings. When were they created? That's a good question, right? When were they created? So first of all, you need to understand that angels are immortal, but they are not eternal. Let me say that again. They are immortal, but they are not eternal. This is what I mean. Eternal is what God is, Jehovah means he was always, has always been the ancient of days and he always will be, the Alpha and the Omega. Angels will live forever, but they're not eternal, they're immortal, they are created beings that were created at a specific time by the creator. So is it possible for heaven to gain another angel? No, and if it is, it's certainly not you or your Uncle Lloyd or your Aunt Irma. It's not, they don't become angels. Now, again, I'm not mocking you, but I'm saying this is the importance of theology because then someone that doesn't know the Lord hears that and thinks that's what happens. So then what happens is when you die, you just automatically become an angel, but the reality is when you die, you either go to heaven or you go to hell. And so it's important that we understand this. When were they created? I don't know. I was born in 1981, and as you're doing the math, you're "You're old, you're young, I'm I'm 39, so I'll save you the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. But... That wasn't quite exactly at the beginning of time. Gerald, when were angels created? You were there. (laughs) Ah, No, I was kidding. I'm kidding. You're like a great-great-grandfather figure to me. You know you are. So, So when were angels created? We don't know. It may have been before day one of creation. It may have been... Me personally, I think it's between day one and day two of creation, but all theologians agree that it was before day seven. So it was somewhere between the beginning of time and day six, but don't worry, that only spans billions and billions of years, but it's somewhere in there, but they were created beings. I, I want you to hear this. So, so angels cannot procreate. You can't have a mommy angel and a daddy angel make a baby angel. They were made, they were created. So they can't procreate, that's why they can be called sons of God because they literally are. And, and I want you to hear what Psalm says, the Psalms in Psalm 68, 17 says, tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. So mathematicians say that that's probably around a hundred million angels. Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 33, it talks about God and he comes with myriads of holy ones. So myriads means countless, or an extreme number. We actually have Jesus make reference one time to some angels, about some angels, and this is when, when he's getting arrested. And this is in Matthew, we actually have this up on the board for you. Matthew 26, 53, and this is Jesus saying, "'Do you think I cannot call on my Father, "'and he will at once put at my disposal "'more than 12 legions of angels?' So Jesus talks a lot about military terms. We're gonna get to this when we start talking about the types. But your military terms is what he talked about. And next week, when we talk about the counterfeit Satan, he actually uses military terms for his demonic army. And, and so legions was somewhere around 4,200 to 6,000 soldiers. So if we walk, we're talking 12 legions, that's somewhere around 72,000 angels. So at minimum, we know that's the basement of the numbers. But most people that study this stuff say that there's an infinite number, probably billions, of angels, So I want you to think for a moment what that looks like as the creator, God, is making billions of angels. And we're going to find out later that we have an indicator that each one of them has a specific name, a specific skill set, and a specific purpose. And here's the cool part. Are you ready? Every time that an angel shows up, I shouldn't say every time, a lot of the times that angels show up, they always say this phrase. Do not be afraid. Now, if it was a fat baby floating in the air, you would think it was funny. So what does an angel look like? It must be something that elicits fear right off the bat because they always start off with, I gotta stop saying always, they most of the time start off with do not be afraid. So I'm gonna write this down. There there were created beings. There are Tons of them, all right? That's a mathematical term. And they are powerful. Does that have one L or two? Watch this. (laughs) You're welcome, Carmen. That's what you get for patronizing me. So so angels have to be... I know there's one, Alex. It's a joke. Angels have to be powerful beings. They're not something that you just take lightly. Remember that next week when we talk about the fallen angels and so they are powerful beings what is their purpose is their purpose to take the uh, uh, teeth under your pillow and leave money is their purpose to hide your keys around your house where you can't find them or my wife who loses her cell phone at least once every 30 minutes what do these angels do they have three purposes purpose i all right the first one is they are ministering spirits. Ministering spirits. Ministering spirits. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews. If you get a chance this week, read Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, the writer of Hebrews is talking about Jesus, but he uses angels to show Jesus all the time throughout that whole thing. But I want to just read one portion here. Hebrews 1:14. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Did you hear that? They're ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. That's us. That's when the brothers and sisters, the believers, they are here to minister. Now, we've got to understand that there is a spiritual world that you do not see with your eyes. And what, the reason that I think, honestly, that the spiritual realm is not as prevalent, or at least we're not aware of it here, is two things. One is the success of the United States. Go to a third world country and spiritual warfare is real. You can see it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I'll talk about that next week. And two, I think we are just too busy and inundated with information to really be aware of it. We kind of talk ourselves out of it when things of God happen. We, we, we give them like, you know, a medical diagnosis and, I, I, and all of a sudden you're like, it's a miracle that this person survived. Is it a miracle? Or is it just good medicine? Is it just good science? Or, or this guy here, he wanted nothing to do with church and now he's leading his family and he's here. Is that, is that a miracle? Now we're gonna talk about this a little bit more. I want you to hear what the psalmist wrote, Psalm 10320. You're just gonna have to scribble these down real quick and then go and study them. Praise the Lord, you angels. I love this. You mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. So the second purpose is to do what God says. God tells them to do stuff. If you want that to look prettier, you can say carry out the commands of God or just write God says. So this is ministering spirits to carry out the commandments of God. And this part is super interesting. It says to guard believers, to guard believers. You ever heard somebody say, I have a guardian angel? I always spell guard wrong. I think it's Gouard. Yeah, okay. So guard <laughs> angels, so guard guard people. So let's find out real quick if you have guardian angels do you have a guardian angels anybody ever said i have a guardian angel or it must have been their guardian angel we're going to about to find out right now if you're incredibly dumb we, we do have guardian angels but it may be a little bit different than we think so i want you to hear this 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 is in matthew 18:10. these are words in red see that you do not despise one of these little ones for i tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my father In heaven this is interesting now I could sit up here and tell you this is exactly what this means but I don't know but I can tell you a few options of what it could mean so it could mean that when you're young when you're a child when you're a baby that you have an angel that watches over you and then at some point in time it leaves we don't know but Jesus specifically talks about these angels that guard the little ones now keep that in mind They guard little ones. When does birth start? When does life start? Because when life starts, according to the Bible, that's when the angels will start guarding it. They don't need to be physical. So as you're putting your politics together, ask yourself, when did God decide that life begins? Now, does that mean that they guard us now? We actually don't know. But I do know that if there's billions of them and they're involved in the lives of the children, if God's eyes are on his children, this is what he calls us, his believers. So I think you have a couple options and it varies. I think one of your options is that each person has a specific angel assigned to them. I don't know, we'll find out. The other option is is that sometimes angels and demons are territorial. So they could be around a particular family a particular area. What I've seen as far as with demonic activity is, there's particular areas that they are over, whether it be a neighborhood, a city, a nation. We're going to get into that more next week. But I think that it is very likely that you have an angel who is assigned from God to be watching you and your family even right now as you watch this. Powerful. Do not be afraid so what are the types i'm so glad you asked there's several that are specifically mentioned in scripture and that's all i can show you because if there's anything else it's just the opinion of man and y'all didn't show up to hear what jason baugh thinks about things i don't want to sit here and tell you god told me to tell you this i want to say this is what the bible says and so let's talk about what the Bible says. The first one, uh, the type is called seraphim. These barely show up in scripture. Are you ready? It's S-E-R-A-P-H-I-N, seraphim, Finn. seraphim. Finn. We don't always use a whiteboard, by the way, if you're new to this community, um, but this is what we're using for this series because I kind of want to go take it old school back to when... I should have got a chalkboard and some chalk. That's probably what I should have done. That's what it was when I was young. Uh, But anyways, um, so the seraphim. These are interesting because they appear just barely in the Bible, but... But you see their purpose. So the seraphim are the ones that sit around the throne of God. Listen as Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah is given a vision. It's when he starts it off with, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And he's talking about him seeing the throne room of God. He says temple, but he's not talking about a physical temple. He's talking about the third heaven where God exists. And I want you to hear what he says. Isaiah 6, starting in in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet, and with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty whose whole earth is full of his glory. Amen. So we have these seraphim that sit around the throne room of God not fat little babies that sit over in the corner. These are powerful beings. It says they have six wings. So then that leads me to the question, do different types of angels have different types of wings? Is that some sort of hierarchy structure? I don't know. We'll find out one day. The next one is the cherubim. And this is actually my favorite. You'll know why in just a second. Cherubim. This shows up in scripture a lot more, cherubim. This shows up in a scripture a lot more than the seraphim does and your cherubim, they, uh, here's why they're my favorite. Okay. Full disclosure, judge me if you want. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan, still am. My mom keeps thinking I'm going to grow out of it, but I'm almost 40 and I still haven't. So, uh, and, and so I picture these guys as like pro wrestlers and, uh, they are essentially the bodyguards. All right. So I am sure that their arms are always crossed like Jeremy's are right now. I'm sure that they have sunglasses on at all times. Like they tend to guard sacred things. We see them at the very beginning of the Bible, and I want you to just imagine what this looks like. So you have, this is in Genesis, you have Adam and Eve that sin. Right? Because sin entered, they get kicked out of heaven. But I always wondered like what stopped them from just kind of sneaking back in? Like, <laughs> you know, like we're kicked out, we're separated from the tree of life. Some point in time, I'm gonna do a sermon series on the tree of life, because it's fascinating. Like that's how they were able to sustain life forever, because they had access to the tree of life. And, and from a genetic standpoint, I, no, don't do it, don't do it. It's fantastic though. And, and so why didn't they just kind of sneak back in? and like come back into the Garden of Eden. Here's why. Genesis chapter three, verse 24. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden, cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way back to the tree of life. People say the Bible is boring. There's some angels with flaming swords, man. And that's right at the beginning the Bible is boring. Well, that's because you probably read Leviticus. This is fantastic. <laughs> is that sacrilegious to say that? We see them again. Whenever they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, when it's mobile and when it goes into the temple in the Holy of Holies, there are two gold cherubim on each side. Again, they protect sacred things, heavenly bouncers you know when you were younger like bc before christ or before corona and you used to go to the club in downtown and there's like dudes at the door that are like not letting you in like and they they check your id and they kick you out if you get you know rowdy that's what these guys are times a million we see it one more time we see it several times but one more time i want to show you ezekiel 10. this is ezekiel again Now, the cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when the man went in, and the cloud filled filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord rose from above the cherubim and moved to the threshold of the temple. The cloud filled the temple, and the court was full of the radiance of the glory of the Lord. The sound listen to this the sound of the wings of the cherubim could be heard as far away as the outer court, like the voice of the God Almighty when he speaks. So a second type of angels that guard things. The third and the fourth are subcategories that are just, there's not a particular type of angel that's only this. This is just like what one subset of an angel can be. And we're gonna talk about this a little bit later, but it's archangels. We see this talked about in scripture as archangels and it appears as if it is like the generals of the army. Like they're the ones that are leading angels. And we also see this as well in the demonic army. Again, we're gonna talk about it next week. And speaking of that, the last subset are fallen angels. This represents 33.3%, 0.3 repeating of course, of the angels in heaven. So there's one angel who's like cut into <laughs> thirds and like a third of them went down with Satan and the two thirds of them is still up in heaven. That's a joke. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's it's, It's funnier with our online audience, trust me. I can hear you laughing. (laughs) Here, not so much. There, I can hear it. Steve, are they, who's monitoring the Facebook page? Lots of laughter and claps and all of that. Yeah, I I knew it, man. Thank you. So specifically mentioned by name. Actually, three are only specifically mentioned by name. One is referenced in Revelation, but we're not 100% sure if that is metaphorical or specific, but there are, Three specific angels mentioned by name. Here's what you also like when I give notes like this is that, like, you can prepare yourself for as we're about to land the plane. Like, you're like, oh, boring preacher only has one of four left. So, the first one that's mentioned by name is Michael. Now, Michael is an archangel. When I read the Bible, and listen, forgive me, but when I read the Bible, like, I picture I picture things. Like I, I picture people in movies or celebrities that I think would, like, most resemble whatever and what their personalities are. And when I read about Michael, <laughs> you kind of think this is crazy. I shouldn't say this. Okay. I think that Michael looks like Fabio. <laughs> if you're under the age of 25, you guys have no idea what that means. Fabio was this big buff guy that was on the cover of these romance novels in like the early 90s, right? Like, oh yeah, I know. People actually read books about romance instead of going out and finding someone to like be married to. But, but they, Fabio was this big buff guy and i I kinda of think he had an accent of some sort, but I couldn't really tell. Long blonde hair, muscles. Like I think of Michael as this. Like he's an archangel, and, and if you read different parts of scripture, so I'm gonna give you three different instances that Michael shows up and does something awesome, but but I'm gonna have you write them down so that you can go back and really read it. Because we don't have all the time in the world. So we 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 see in Jude chapter 9, Michael is called an archangel. Jude 9. We see a really cool scene in Revelation chapter 12 where Michael is fighting the red dragon, which most likely means Satan or the Antichrist. And you see Michael fighting him. Now in my mind, I've got Fabio. He's always shirtless. He's got this big giant sword that's Excalibur that no one could take out of the stone. Takes two hands, little puny girly men like you, Mark. You can't lift up the Excalibur sword. And and, uh, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And and so that's how I picture Michael. Again, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I want to take something that is very complicated and I want to make it where you can access it, understand it, and then add good theology to it because now every time you read Michael, it won't just be a name on the page that you forget about. You're going to picture Fabio. (laughs) Daniel chapter 10, and we're going to really unpack this next week is a very interesting portion of scripture because you see Michael get delayed in coming to answer Daniel because he says that he was fighting the demonic prince of Persia, which shows me that people that run nations can be demonic. And he's fighting this demon and he's delayed in getting to what God has told him to do because he's fighting. And Michael, is just talked about there again, that's in Daniel chapter 10, please make sure that you go read that. It is very interesting. And it will change your perspective that there's a whole spiritual realm that we are pretty ignorant to. And it just didn't die out when Jesus showed up. In fact, I would say that toward the end times, the demonic activity is going to rise, it's going to grow. Let's talk about the second angel mentioned in scripture is Gabriel, that's right. I love when people are named Gabriel. Gabriel is the second one. Now, Gabriel is God's messenger. So think of it like a postal worker that actually does their job on time. No, 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 kidding. I'm talking about UPS. Yes. Kidding, kidding, kidding. It's like email. Some of you still have AOL. I'm not gonna mention any names, Steve Hines. So Gabriel, Gabriel is God's messenger. Okay, so now let me ask you this. Again, this is not in scripture. I've got some scripture, but this part's not. What kind of person or angel would God use for his messenger? So in my mind, Gabriel probably can run really fast, so he's probably fit, and he's gotta have a great voice. If you are the messenger of God, you have to sound like James Earl Jones. That's the only option. Who's James Earl Jones? I heard you. Who's that? Uh, it's the voice of Darth Vader. You probably don't know that. It's the voice of uh, Mufasa. <laughs> there you go, Mufasa. <laughs> yeah, now you know. The bad guy in the sandlot. Well, he's not really bad. Oops, spoiler. But he's got to have that voice. He's the voice of God. He's got to be. And, and, and when he shows up to, uh, in Luke, he shows up to John the Baptist's dad. And guess what phrase he says? Do not be afraid, right? But I got to imagine this. Do not be afraid. Like it's, he would have a great, great career doing the voiceover for movie previews. So I want you to hear what Gabriel says. This is in Luke 1 The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you. And to what? To tell you this good news. There's a lot in one little thing. He mentions his name specifically. He has a specific job. God has sent him for a specific purpose to bring good news to somebody who is a follower of God. Now, we're almost done, as you can tell. One more mentioned specifically by name. Any guesses? Lucifer. Now, I have heard people say, I don't know if this is true and there's really not any proof for it, but that these three angels may have been in charge of a third of the angels each in heaven. We don't know if that's true. Some people think it is. But at minimum, we know that Lucifer, who you may know as Satan, the deceiver, took a third of the angels with him when he left. Now, that wasn't a very big struggle. We'll talk about this again more next week. But he got kicked out of heaven like lightning. So It wasn't much of a battle. It's not like Lucifer can have a good battle against God, like a demon against you and I We're in trouble without God, but a demon against God, my gosh, listen, they're created beings. They have no threat to their creator. So I want to tell you that to say that who we serve and the angels that serve him greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. I want to give you one more verse and something to think about and then I'm going to tell you a story. The verse is this. This should change your perspective about how you live your life. The writer Hebrews puts this. I read this the first time a few years ago and I was like, wait, what? Hebrews 13, two. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for for by doing so for some people, you have shown hospitality to angels without... Knowing it. One translation says, by showing hospitality to people, some of you have served angels unaware. You know what that tells me? Everything I've pieced together tells me that we have interactions with angels a lot more than we think we do. Tells me that there's angels here that are for a purpose. And the purpose is to carry out God's command to minister to believers and to guard us. I want to tell you a story about when I was in high school and I very much believe that I had an encounter with an angel and, and maybe, maybe not. But I think one day, man, when we get to heaven, if God allows us to pull back the clouds, cause I'm sure we'll be walking on clouds, right? And look down and see the tapestry that God has put together. And how many times in your life, Something changed, small little thing happened, one interaction with a person, a random stranger showed you kindness or spoke one prophetic word that changed your life. Now we're gonna look back and say, why were we so ignorant to God taking care of us? Through angels. Now keep in mind, angels are not omnipresent. Omnipresent is a fancy word, only God is omnipresent, which means you can be everywhere at once. Satan is not omnipresent. Demons are not omnipresent, only God is. So that's why we need so many. When I was in high school, I got in a car accident. Wasn't that bad, but if you've ever been in a car accident, it's a scary time, especially if there's multiple cars and there's there's injuries. And uh, I got into a car accident. Now the funny part is I got into a car accident on the side of the road that was like three miles away from my school. So like as people were driving by, I was standing there talking to the cop. And my friends, like good friends, were harassing me as they were driving by. Ball finally got arrested as they were driving by. Uh, (laughs) uh, But in Sacramento, during traffic, during between hours of eight and nine, there's a ton of traffic. And so it gets blocked up in a hurry. I was sitting at a red light, a car comes, and they were completely distracted, this is before cell phones, and never even touched their brake, slammed back into the back of my truck. And so the truck was an old truck and it pushed the bed of the truck into the compartment of the truck, which just pushed my lower back all the way in. And it pushed me in front of the car in front of me, which was an SUV, so we go under the car. So we're completely smashed. People thought for sure no one like could have survived that, me and my sister were in there. Of course what happens is my head hits the steering wheel I also had like this uh, drawer full of a ton of change, right, which some of you have. And it just flew everywhere. And so I thought I was getting shot by like a machine gun. I just get all these, these coins hitting my face. In fact, as they were towing my car away, I was down there on the floor like trying to get all the quarters. <laughs> before. Like bro, listen, jack in the box, 99 cents, two tacos, give me that, I'm hungry. And, and uh, but, but here's the thing though. Now keep in mind, this is in Sacramento not the bible belt and i'm over on the side of the road holding my head my head's pounding i'm sobbing because i only have my my only car is here my sister is hurt my mind is all messed up there's people you know on the front and the back cars behind me with with blood no one died but it's pretty traumatic especially for a 16 year old and i'm sitting on the side of the road you're gonna think this is funny but you will not convince me that this wasn't an angel I see walking down the side of the road a guy kind of looks like James Dean, all right? Like he's got the leather jacket. So if I got a guardian angel, at least mine's got style, all right? Some of yours probably wear sweatpants from Costco and uh, camo every day, Keith. But, But my angel's got style. And he comes walking down, this guy, and he bends down on his knees. and He looks at me right in the eye and he says, can I pray for you? Now this is very strange in California, on the side of the road, in the middle of an accident, and he puts his hands on my shoulders, he prays for me. Now the car didn't miraculously get fixed, the blood didn't miraculously dry up and there was no wounds, but I can tell you this, I felt peace. And at that, I'm getting chills even talking about it right now, at that moment, when I was in distress, when I was worried, I didn't know what was going to happen. Someone walked up out of nowhere, prayed for me and I felt peace. And then he just walked off. I asked my sister, did you see that guy? Did he come pray for you? And guess what her response was? What guy? I want you to take that for a moment. I want you to turn it on your own life. An audience this big that we have. Some of you shouldn't be here today. Some of you have a story. Why are you here? God's protecting you for a purpose. Some of you have made a lot of stupid decisions to mess your life up, yet he forgives you. Why? For a purpose. And I want you to look back at your life and the moments that led to your salvation or the moments that, that you should not, that should have been your undoing. And I want you to look back and think God has a purpose for me. If you are breathing, he has a purpose and he has beings who are around to minister to his children and carry out his will. That is what an angel is here for. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about the devil and we're going to be talking about demons. It's going to be important. I am now going to tell you, I'm telling you now everything will happen between now and next Sunday for you to not be in this room. It will. I told our leadership team this morning that every time that I've ever preached on Satan, I've had the worst week ever. Something breaks in the house that's expensive. My wife and I fight. I just get super depressed, can't sleep. It happens every time and I'm not looking forward to it, but I expect it. But unless I'm in heaven, I will be here because we need to shine light on this area of darkness. For your children and for your grandchildren, do not miss out on this. We've got to know the enemy and the strategies of the enemy so that we know how to avoid it. Last time I preached a message on this topic, I had my iPad and five minutes into my message, it just turns off. Full battery, just turns off. Let me show you something though. That is why, well, come on. That is why. Because I know the strategy of Satan, I always have a printed off copy of my messages. Get behind me, Satan. Can I get an amen? (laughs) As I am walking off stage after the conclusion of that message, I promise you this is true. As I'm taking steps off stage, the Apple appears and the iPad turns on without me pressing a button. Don't you dare tell me that Satan doesn't want you to, Satan is okay with you hearing this message. He's gonna fight it. But for your children's sake and your grandchildren, let's make an effort to be here. Here's the good news. Are you ready? You ready? Even the demons believe and shudder, shudder in fear of Jehovah who has called you by name. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord and he is returning. And when he returns, it will not be in a manger. It will not be humble. It will not be meek. He will be a conquering, returning king, bringing his angels with him. Why? To call his Children, home. Stand with me, will you? If God spoke to you in any way during the course of this message, we want to hear about it. Reach out to us at centerpointtn.com. You can partner with us. You can send us a message. We'd love to connect with you.